Thank you for joining us for the Lessons from First Naz podcast. All right. Good morning. How is everyone? Good? How is everyone? Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So um, a couple of things before I begin. First off, I so appreciate um, those of you who checked up on me, who told me you were praying for me. I... I'm just so blessed to be part of this church. You guys are so supportive, and I so appreciate you. And um, next, I was talking to Reagan yesterday, and she was saying, oh, how's it going? How's, are, you, are you finished? Are you excited? Are you nervous? And I said, yeah, I'm excited. I just, I can't, I can't wrap it up. I can't seem to wrap up my message. I'm having a really hard time coming up with an ending, and I don't know why. I've never struggled with this. And um, I, I said, I don't know if, if God's just going to surprise me at the end or if it's going to come in the middle of the night and I wake up, type it out, go to bed. Um, and he was waiting for me to let someone go. And that was hard, but you know what? That's what our Father does. Our Father... He knows what's good for us, and he just calls us to be obedient. So, oh, that was a good message. Well, I'm done. Happy lunch. Uh, no. All right. Well, I am very excited. I, um, I would like to say a little prayer before I begin. I am a little nervous. Um, so I would like to pray for you and for me and just that the Lord does his whatever he's going to do. All right. If you would bow your heads with me. Um, Lord, uh, thank you for this beautiful day. You know where my heart's at. You know I've, I've been preparing for this, and um, I'm just so excited to see what you're going to do. And I, I pray that this isn't, this isn't all about me up here. This isn't about what I did in my life. I've, I've really done nothing. This was all you, and I just want to point all the glory and praise and back at you and Lord. Um, I just pray that um, as my dear friends and family hear my story, that um, they can just recall moments in time when, when you were just so faithful and so good. Um, just bless our time. Amen. So a few weeks ago, Pastor Paul asked me to um, speak, and he said, hey, I, don't, I haven't heard your testimony, and I know some members of the congregation haven't either, so how about you share your testimony? And I thought okay, I can do that. I've done it before, and it's, um, it's my story, so it's pretty easy. Um, and um, I have decided to take um, a series of ages of, throughout my life, uh, the most monumental ages of my life, and write a letter to each age. Um, so that is the title, Dear. Um, all right, so let's begin. Dear Five, Remember when the only person you knew, the only person you loved, could no longer take care of you. You didn't know it then, but you know it now, that she herself had just barely left her childhood years when she had you. A young woman with no guidance, used and abused by men, left you on the street, cold, hungry, and afraid, because she herself was afraid. You were with an infant, a little girl, You knew nothing about babies, but you too survived by the grace of God, which you did not know anything about then either. 
Just a few short months, dear little five, you turned six. You were yet again taken from everything you knew, your little sister and you were separated, and you ended up in an orphanage where six turned into seven, which then turned into eight. Dear eight, remember when you met your forever family? You had just finished lunch and, lunch and were called into the office. You stuck your little hands into the pockets of your red coat. Your messy blonde hair was tucked into your crimson knit cap. And you bashfully smiled as you walked in to find a woman with long, beautiful hair who sat next to a man with a big, fluffy coat. Their smiles lit up like Christmas trees. Weeks passed, and they kept coming back, showering you with toys, candy, and new clothes. But the thing that confused you was their love and affection, things you had not experienced and were frightened because it was all new and different. You didn't like new and different. Soon they brought a small boy with them who you fell in love with. Then it happened. They took you to her. The child that was your whole world for a few short months. You had forgotten about her, but you knew exactly who she was when you laid eyes on her. You two were reunited and were being taken away from the dark, cold world you called home for eight years. You rode a train, flew in a plane, and landed in a strange country. You soon learned all the wonderful things to love about America. Eight turned into nine, which turned into ten. Dear Ten, remember all those raging fits, the nightmares, all the dirty little secrets that weighed on your small shoulders. You had a bed, toys, a meal three times a day, and most importantly, love and affection. You had a sweet brother who, frankly, as you were unaware of at the time, gave up a lot for you. You were reunited with your flesh and blood, and you had another little sister who joined the family just a few months after you were adopted. You had everything a child could possibly need, but you had anger, resentment, hatred, and lots of fear. You began to open up about the things that happened to you. Memories, such as all those nights when you were shaken awake, only to find you had been sleeping on wet sheets, brought on by all the fear that the voices in your dreams caused. Because you had wet the bed, you were stripped naked and whipped. The time your birth mom slapped you so hard that your cheeks swelled up. The times where you sat, ate, and played alone. The times that the kids would say horrible things to you and about you. The times when you felt the burn of alcohol or cigarette smoke because kid kids had pressured you to live in the ways of the world. The moments when men and boys took advantage of your tiny body. Now you had to share the house with a man the man that provided for you, loved you, fathered you, guided you, did everything a godly dad should do, you despised. You clung to your new mother, but when you did not get your way, you hit her, spat at her, and said hateful things to her. Then 10, you turned into 11, then 12, then 13, which turned into 14. Dear 14, remember when you continued your fits continued the pouting and whining and arguing. You continued to hate the man that now only took care of you, but took care of the wife he loved and four other children. You were selfish, dear 14. 
You accepted the Lord in your, into your heart back when you were nine and baptized when you were 12. You kept up the performance of how you, how you thought you were supposed to act at church and at the Christian school you attended, but you were a completely different person around your family. You were living in rebellion and sin. Then 14, something in your brain clicked. Because of a godly teacher at the Christian school who encouraged you in your devotional life, you grew and matured in Christ. You began seeing life with a new pair of eyes, if you will. You began to believe that you were not a bad kid, that things that happened to you all those years ago were not your fault. You were safe. You were loved. You were saved. You were good. Then 14, you turned into 15, then 16, then 17. Dear 17, the years behind you were not easy years. They were full of rebellion, fears, and insecurities that you took out on others. But you were learning how to rely on the Savior that healed you from so much already. Now he was teaching you a new thing. Sure, you had begun to like the man that paid the bills, made sure you knew how to read a map and change a tire, but you did not respect him. He loved you and had been waiting patiently for you to love him back. This stubbornness was beginning to affect your relationship with your heavenly father. Then, like an arrow hitting the bullseye, you put the two and two together. Your dad was the reason why your faith in God became solid. Sure, the wonderful Sunday school teachers that poured into you had something to do with your faith in God. But ultimately, what seemed like an endless supply of forgiveness and unconditional love from your dad blew your mind. It made you wonder just how much your heavenly father loved you. If you loved God and your dad displayed the love of God so well, then indeed, A, there was a God, no doubt in your mind, and B, he was proud of this man, and you were blessed to call him dad. This collection of thoughts made you love the woman that you were blessed to call mom even more. Out of all the couples that could have adopted you, there was none like this pair. With this renewed love in your heart, you were even encouraged to love your now five siblings. Then 17, you turned 18, then 19. Dear 19, remember when you began embarking on a new adventure? Your dad dropped you off at your dream school. You were not about to let fear and butterflies swallow you up as he drove away in the big black family rig. You were ready for this. Everything your parents had taught you and the families at church had prayed for led you to this moment. You were pursuing your call to, min to ministry and you were going to be surrounded by godly men and women who were going to help and guide you to your ordination. You started classes and met all sorts of different types of people. However, life was not exciting as you had hoped it would be. You were alone most days, which you were not accustomed to, either at lunch, in the library, or in your box-like dorm room, because quarantine was what seemed like a weekly occurrence in your life. You were not impressed with the ministry department either, which began to lecture ideas that questioned everything you believed in. These were men and women who were raising up the next generation of pastors, yet in the classroom and at chapel sometimes, some of them taught that the Bible was inaccurate, that it condoned homosexuality, 
abortion, and pretty much any other sin that brought pleasure to someone as long as they were not lying, stealing, and or hurting their neighbor. However, all sins were equal, and they all hurt your neighbor, and you knew that. But of course, you couldn't say anything because not only would you now be alone, you would be humiliated. Then you wondered, maybe you had it wrong. You called your mom crying day after day because you didn't know what to believe anymore. Where did the Bible draw the line on certain subjects? What was true and what wasn't? As the school year was coming to an end, you dreaded coming back. You applied for an RA position because you needed a reason to come back. You even changed your major. You came back home spiritually drained and a little broken. You had put distance between you and the Lord because you didn't even know what you thought of him anymore. You did not return to NNU, so you just worked to keep your mind off of your calling, your future, the ache in your heart, and the, num the numbness you felt inside. Then 19, you turned 20. Dear 20, remember when you were crying out to God on your way home from church? You were exhausted from working yourself to the ground with three jobs. You were exhausted from not knowing what to do, and you were exhausted from running and hiding. You dreaded the question about your future. You wanted to pursue ministry. You even had the intention of signing up for courses online. You put words into God's mouth and said you were going to do this or that. Deep down inside, you knew you had no clue. Then you were presented with an opportunity to apply for an office position. You felt something for the first time in almost a year. You took it, thinking you were going to do good in the world. But instead, not only did you do good in the world, but the job did good for you. You were surrounded by four women who prayed for you and with you, who uplifted you in your ideas and thoughts and wonderings, you, who reaffirmed the idea of how precious life was and that God is in the midst of all of it, who testified how faithful he is, how powerful he is, and how so good he is. You began to grow you felt like a weed in the dry desert of life, but they showed you that you were merely a thirsty flower in God's beautiful garden. Your knowledge about the destruction, sin, and different opinions can do on young mothers and their unborn expanded greatly, and you had a deep desire to spread the truth of God's love, grace, compassion, and forgiveness. 20. You also found a Bible study full of people who poured into you and took your hand on the walk of faith. You became bold, outspoken, and free. Then 20, you turned 21. Dear 21, here you are, standing in front of your family and friends, the men and women who have watched you grow ever since you landed on this American soil and walked into this ark-shaped sanctuary. You are standing in front of the family that has loved you at your best and your worst. You are standing in front of your friends who have shared laughter and tears with you. Here you are in front of the Almighty. He, boy 21, he has carried you through a lot. He has cared, he was there for the little five and took care of her 
all her needs. He was there for the little lonely eight-year-old who was scared. He was there for the ten, the rebellious teenager who trusted no one and respected no one. You were there for the 17 who didn't even respect her parents and you taught her that on this side of heaven, she couldn't have been with better caregivers. You were there for the 20 when just a few short months ago, she had just so exhausted and you're here with the 21-year-old. <sighs> and she will give up everything and anything for you. She loves you. I love him. And I will follow him wherever he will lead me. If you will turn to Psalm 71 with me, this has been the cry of my heart as of late. Oh Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me and rescue me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me and set me free. Be my rock of safety where I can always hide. Give the order to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. My God, rescue me from the power of the wicked, from the clutches of cruel oppressors. O oh Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you, O oh Lord, from childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb, you have cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. My life is an example to many, because you have been my strength and protection. That is why I can never stop praising you. I declare... I declare your glory all day long. And now, in my old age, don't set me aside. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing. For my enemies are whispering against me. They are plotting together to kill me. They say, God has abandoned him. Let's go and get him, for no one will help him now. Oh, God, don't stay away. My God, please hurry to help me. Bring disgrace and destruction on my accuser. Humiliate and shame those who want to harm me but I will keep on hoping for your help. I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day I will proclaim your saving power, though I am not skilled with words. I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. O oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and gray, or young and blonde, do not abandon me, O oh God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Your righteousness, O oh God, reaches to the highest heaven. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O oh God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me from the depths of the earth. You will restore to me even greater honor and comfort me once again. Then I will praise you with music on the harp because you are faithful to your promises. Oh my God, I will sing praises to you with a lyre. Oh, holy one of Israel, I will shout for joy 
and sing your praises, for you have ransomed me. I will tell about your righteous deeds all day long. For everyone who tried to hurt me has been shamed and humiliated. I will wrap up with this. If you could write to a year or two, or all of them, what would you remember? Better yet, what tribulations would you think of? Then, what blessings would come to your mind as you ponder all the ways the Lord was faithful to you and held you in his arms as the storm raged around you? We have a Savior who loves us so much. The God who rescued David is the God who rescues and restores each and every one of us through any and every hardship. He is also the God worthy of praise and glory when good things fall upon us because, as James 1.17 says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Uh, one last thing before I, before I hop off. Uh, uh, just a few short months ago, I was having a discussion with Ed Benjamin, and I was telling him how much ministry just tugs at my heart, but I thrive more one-on-one. And he mentioned becoming an ordained counselor. It, that thought has been in the back of my mind for a while, but um, I think he just, yeah, I was just going... Um, going through my mind for a while, for about a year or two now. Um, so I don't know what ministry is going to look like for me, but I'm not giving up. I will be pursuing counseling and then possibly going off to seminary. And I wholeheartedly believe that God was using Ed all those months ago to reintroduce that route for my life. And for that, I am very extremely grateful. Thank you.